Okay, this is uh, John Willis. Here we are, another um, Docker podcast uh, with a Docker captain. Um, so, uh, Stefan Shearer, did I did I pronounce that right, Stefan? Yes, that's correct, John. Brilliant. Uh, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yes, I'm Stefan, and I'm a software engineer here in Germany in a small software company, and I'm really passionate about Docker and started to learn about Docker about two years ago, and we use it at work uh, on a daily basis, and I'm also very interested in the Docker on Windows stuff thing, but we will talk later about yeah. that, I think. <laughs> so, like, yeah. one of the things I always like to do is get a little bit of, you know, I do a podcast with uh, my friend Damon Edwards, uh, I'll have to do a shameless plug, the DevOps Cafe podcast, but we, this is Damon's idea, we always ask a, a guest to kind of give us a little, like, how did you become you <laughs> story? Yes, I started to learn Docker, I think, about more than two years ago in a small team. Um, and we had the crazy idea to, to, to learn it on the Raspberry Pi. That was our, my first contact, I think, to Docker. Heard about Docker before a little bit and didn't understand the commands. And what's so different to, the, to, to VMs, I think? But starting with the Raspberry Pi, I really uh, got to the details, what containers, what is needed to, to run it on the Raspberry Pi. And after some, some weeks, I think we in our team uh, have built a complete new kernel for the Pi and the root file system and what you need in the underground below the, the Docker engine so it can, can run smoothly on a Raspberry Pi. That was the first point to to get into contact to to the Docker te technology, and at that point it was uh, beginning of uh, 2015, I think. We started to write blog posts about it, how to build a Docker swarm with a couple of Raspberry Pis and some uh, blog posts like that, and. Some months later, I think I got uh, contacted by Docker because I, I wrote more and more blog posts and, and showed and others uh, the how to build stuff with Docker on the small device. And they asked me at some point if I want to become a Docker captain. That's a title from Docker for people like me and, and others writing about Docker, how to use it share the uh, knowledge about it in, in meetups and, and smaller talks. And that was a deeper contact with, with Docker itself, I think. And at some later point, I also got attracted by the effort by Microsoft as they announced they want to build Docker for the Windows platform running Windows containers. And here in my company, we are also rewriting a new uh, software written in, in microservices. And we are focused on the Linux containers at that time, of course. But we also have heard from our management, hey, the most of our customers are Windows customers. And so I put one and one together and said, hey, look, Microsoft is planning to, to write Docker for, for Windows. So we can, at some point in the future, uh, perhaps run our microservices in Windows containers. And that was also one and a half years ago, I think. 
And at the moment, we are really running it in a test environment here, but showed it our first customers. And they were really astonished by, wow, that's running on, on Windows as well. That's pretty cool. I mean, I definitely want you to walk us through the kind of Windows experience. But I, I guess, I, um, you know, one of the things when people talk about microservices is one of the core tenants is um, that you can allow teams or different functional development structures, whether they're teams or their groups, or um, to kind of create their kind of um, unbounded service, if you will, in a microservice architecture. Uh, with um, limited restrictions on the framework, right? So in the Linux world, we talk about how, you know, one team could create a Node.js, another team can create a Python, another team could create a Java, and one of the beauties of is you don't have, um, um, an, you, you, you don't have to force an opinionated, we must all use Java, and this is the framework. Um, I guess I should have thought of this, but I guess that works even better and equally when you can have that freedom across uh, kind of Linux and Windows. Is that... Was that part of a motivation? Yes. Um, in the past, we also had a lot of things in, in, in Java and also bundled into a bigger application server. And we are splitting that out into smaller services and have now the freedom, of course, to choose another language. Or if it fits a third-party tool that's written in a complete different language, it doesn't matter. It's it's a Windows. Uh, it's a Docker image that you can run like the others, and that's it. So walk walk me through. You know, I can play the um the podcast host, so mm -hmm. I can uh, ask questions for my listeners. But yeah. uh, uh, but some of it, I, I know, uh, fair enough to be dangerous. But walk walk us through what what really is um kind of Docker on Windows. Yeah, um, I've started with. Uh, the first available ISO file, so you can create a, an own virtual machine of it with a technical preview three, I think, and started to to automate the the VM at the first point, and then I had Docker on it and played around with it, and it really involved to production ready uh, basis at the moment that you can really spin up multiple container applications that talk together. Perhaps not all the features are available at the moment as you are as you are used on the Linux side, but it's coming soon, I think. And but, but you, you have, have a, you have like nano server or is it a there's a stripped down version of Windows Server as your ISO? Yes. Um, okay, let's talk about that at the first point. Yeah. Microsoft has created two um, base OS images, I will call them. The more normal version is the Windows Server Core that is more like the normal uh, Server Core edition without the UI. But you can install most of the software you are used to. You can use uh, common MSI packages and install it through the command line or through the Docker file with it. Uh, the nano server is much more stripped down to have a smaller footprint, a smaller size of the base image, but also with it comes with less features. You can't install MSI packages, and at the first point it was whoa, that's that's a hard stuff to to use nano server. But after some weeks looking into the two Docker images, 
I found out the only difficulty for um, using nano server with Docker is you only need the, the uh, vendor that puts, for, for example, Node.js into a nano server, or Ruby, or Java, or all your framework, like .NET or something like that. But you're building your application upon these uh, languages. And then all the, though there's a difference between nano and server core, uh, vanishes away as you just change your uh, Docker file from line, you just choose the other, for example, Ruby image that is based on the nano server, and that's it. And you put your Ruby application into it or Node.js. So, so would it be a fair statement to say that if, um, if you wanted to use some of the packaged uh, Microsoft applications like uh, SQL Server or something, you would use the Windows Core, and if you were building your own application, um, your own Java or Ruby or Node.js or whatever, you would, again, there, there are reasons for doing vice versa, yeah. but in general, you would use Nano Server for kind of home-built app. Is that is that a fair? Yes. It depends you on, hey, John, on what, you're wrong, you're an idiot. That's okay, too. <laughs> it, it depends on, on what, for example, Microsoft provides. I don't know exactly if uh, SQL Server is also available in the Nano Server image, but if there's one on the Docker Hub from Microsoft, I would okay. always prefer the smaller one, the Nano got Server it, image. It. And so it's also a recommendation by me to, to use the Nano Server variant if they are two same Yes, okay. Uh, just try the nano, and your image will be smaller afterwards. Got it. So, yeah, always kind of go, it's like, it's just the same thing with Docker, right, in general, on Linux, right? You're always trying to go to kind of the least viable, or at least the minimal viable operating environment, if possible, right? I mean, yes, yes. Um, but I guess the, the meta point here is, if it's some package that requires MSI, and you don't have the bandwidth to decouple that installation process, or Microsoft hasn't already done it for you, then you're, you're, you're most likely going to use the Windows Core, Server Core. Yes, in that case, you can use the Server Core and go with it as well, yeah, sure. And, um, and so, but, but in general, it, it's the, from what I understand, it's the same Docker API. So for the most part, your kind of Docker run and, and your Docker build, and as you've already pointed out, your Docker file, um, most of those things are supported. Obviously, there would be some intricacies in Linux versus Windows, but... It's basically um, a daemon client that, at least from a user experience, looks very similar. That's a true statement. Yeah, that's, that's really fascinating to see it on the, at the first time if you are used to run Linux containers and you're at the, uh, in the first moment you're running, for example, an interactive uh, Windows container and, and their uh, command shell or a PowerShell opens um, from your, for example, from your MacBook because you're talking with the Mac Docker client with a Windows Docker engine, and you can easily switch your um, environments running a Linux container with a Linux Docker engine and running a Windows uh, container with a Windows Docker engine. But the API is completely the same. You can use a Docker client, you can use um, Docker Compose YAML files to draft multi-container applications and um, link them together and for example uh, dns works so your service mongo is uh, resolved 
by the hostname Mongo, also in Windows containers and networks. It's pretty much the same. Brilliant. Brilliant. No, this is fun. Um, so one kind of one last question on the um, a more like Docker Windows use cases. So you say that um, you know you learned about Docker and then you sort of heard about the Windows and you knew that you had a client base that was um, that had a lot of .NET applications. Where do you see? Where do you think the areas? Um, and, and it's probably a generic question, but like as much as you can be specific. Um, what do you think are going to be where the, the the areas that will catch on quicker? For kind of traditional um, Windows environments with Docker for Windows, um, do you have any feel for what you think your clients or what you're already seeing? Um, yeah, we have we've told them our customers to. to um, at the moment, they are probably on on Windows Server 2012 uh, or two, and we have showed them. Look, the next version of your server will come with uh, Docker uh, functionality built in. We only have to activate a feature, install the Docker service on it, and your environment is able to, to run Windows containers. It's just a matter of updating your servers. And, and at that point, you can, can use containers on the Windows world. Yeah, 2016, right? Um, but do you mm -hmm. think, um, I mean, one of the things that really kicked off Docker in the Linux world initially was, you know, the kind of, um, it became just so obvious to build kind of your, your continuous delivery pipelines with Docker. Um, I'm wondering yeah. if, if that's something, to me, it would be obvious that that would be an area I would think. I mean, I know we're seeing that kind of success, particularly even with the, uh, the Windows-based IDEs and all. Um, uh, that mm -hmm. seemed like that would be a, a fast-growing area where people just immediate value. Yeah, I think for for the Windows world, it's important to have some IDE support. Um, I've heard other keynotes where um, Donovan Brown from Microsoft said, "Oh, I'm I'm behind my IDE and I just want to F5 debugging, and I'm happy with it, and activate with right-click my Docker support." Sure, that is one one of the major steps to to make it easy to use it from the usual IDEs they are used on on developing Windows software, and the integrations are great at the moment and will improve in the next month, I think, for Visual Studio, Visual Studio Code, and and all the major editors and IDEs there. Yeah, I think they will also support Windows Docker engines in the background as well. And you can fluently work and create Linux containers or Windows containers. Yeah. And yeah, it's coming becoming very easy, I think. Yeah, and you've got. Um, we'll we'll circle back to your blog because I looked at your blog. And mm -hmm. That's really Stefan's got some great stuff. Like we only have a small window here in this podcast. We could spend hours going over some really cool stuff. Um, but. Um, so we'll we'll circle back to your blog at the end, but um, the other area I just wanted to touch on, you, you know, like why are you crazy guys trying to put Docker on Raspberry Pis? Are you guys crazy? <laughs> what what what's the gig there? What, what like what what do you think? Where where does that take us? Um, I think, and we had really the feeling as Docker is a, a lightweight right. isolation technique. It must be possible to run it on some small device because it doesn't take too much memory and, and, and resources from that small device. 
and you still have uh, lots of space left to, to run your application in a container. And as we have played with it and, and used it in a swarm, um, it enables you to also use the same Docker API and workflow, building images through your CI CD pipeline, pushing it to your remote Docker enabled uh, ARM devices, IoT devices, and can update your service there with also all the same tools you know from your cloud based services. Yeah, and no, I've talked to people in kind of industrial and in IoT, it's the same thing where you find that people who are just pure uh, electrical engineers or just working on industrial control systems, like who've never had any sysadmin background, they, they literally find out about Docker and like shortcut all the years of pain and suffering us sysadmins had to endure. And they can actually do like very exotic delivery models. And so that's kind of cool. Um, um, the, um, I guess so, the, and this is great. This is great, Stefan. Um, I guess to end up is, um, well, how do people find out more about you? And the Docker captains, we've, you're the third Docker captain now. We've done a podcast with. Um, we've talked yeah. about like how awesome it is to be a Docker captain, although I'm not one. And I think at the very least you get nice jackets or something like that. But, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you, you, guys, you, you, you guys and girls, are the women, men and women, sorry, are just yeah. absolutely amazing the amount of uh, passion and effort that you put into Docker in and for your own for your own purposes, we you know we try to make get you all together. I've talked to Namil Mehta, and he talks about how amazing it is when you all get together and you have like-minded people. Um, so again, from my perspective, I appreciate what you do, and I think it's great for the industry. But how do people find out about you? Where, where, what's uh, how do you learn more about you? Yeah, um, for example, you can find me on uh, Docker.com/captains and look for Stefan. And you find uh, the Twitter handle, GitHub um, link, and the link to my blog post. I think it's uh, difficult to, to pronounce it here, to type it correctly. Just look at the Docker captains list, and you will find me. And as I said, there's, follow me on Twitter. I will post every week, every day, some, some news about Windows containers. And I think I will write some, some blog posts in the near future about some nice things I've tried out on, on Windows as well. Um, the latest thing was, for example, using the traffic proxy, a tiny uh, uh, forward proxy that is known on the Linux world, which, which runs perfectly in Linux containers. It's also uh, working in, in Windows containers. And as it has, for example, Let's Encrypt, uh, functionality built in. You can put it in a, into a Windows container on Azure and have all your website let's encrypt it out of the box. It's really cool. I will write that that in the next few days. I think. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, no, I, I was reading your one article. I think it's a really good article and just top to down uh, on uh, just Windows uh, Docker on Windows. You do a really good job of just kind of laying out the kind of the the whole end end. Anyway, uh, like always, I, I love I love this part of my job. I love it because I get to talk to really smart people, ask them <laughs> questions, and learn a whole lot. So uh, I thank you very much. Okay, thanks for having me here. All right. Okay.